turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. We come today to one of the most important passages in the entire Bible. That's kind of a broad statement, but I really truly believe that what we're looking at right now is one of the most important texts in the entire Bible. This passage, these 10 verses, it describes for us salvation. And I want to ask how many of you are thankful that the Bible describes for us how we can be saved? How many of you are thankful for that? That's right. Because we would be lost. We'd all be lost if the Bible wasn't here. So we can follow this and read it and see what God's Word has to say. The Bible also explains the difference between Christianity. You're going to see the difference between Christianity and all of the other world religions. And if you look at any of the world's religion, and I do this whenever I meet someone, I go, what is your faith? And they tell me they follow one of these religions. I ask them this question. Can you tell me, according to your religion, what do you have to do in order to inherit uh, heaven? How do you get to heaven? What is your, what are, what are the teachings of your religion? What do they teach? Now, a lot of times they can't even answer that question. But the ones who do articulate will explain that their religion, if you listen carefully, it's based on a works salvation, that if you do enough good deeds, you know, if you're a kind person, if you say enough prayers, uh, a lot of religions are based on if you do more good things than bad things. And I've got news for you. God does not grade on a curve. You can always find somebody worse than you and someone better than you, right? God does not grade on a curve. You don't get to earn your way into heaven. If you believe that, according to Colossians chapter 2, then Christ died for nothing. In other words, if you could earn your way, like if you could do enough good deeds to get into heaven, then why did Jesus have to die? He died in vain, according to Colossians 2.21. All of the world's religions are based on works. Christianity is different in that it's based on grace. It's not what you do. It's what he did for you on the cross. That's the difference. Now, why doesn't everyone understand this? Well, because they're blind. People are blind to the truth. They can't see the truth. 
There's an app called Be My Eyes. I did not think it was legit until I looked it up, and it's legit. And some guy developed this app for people who are uh, partially or fully blind, and they sign up as a blind person, and someone helps them with that. And then they have volunteers. In fact, you can volunteer. You can be on this app. And anytime a blind person needs help seeing something, they ring their volunteer and they take out their phone and they take a photograph or a picture, iChat, and uh, then you explain to them what you see. And uh, so uh, there was a guy, uh, he could not see and he called his volunteer and he wanted to know if the uh, date on his carton of milk in his refrigerator, uh, if it was outdated. And so uh, they connected uh, through, the, through this app, and the, the guy who could not see, he's, he's got his phone, and he's showing it on the top shelf where he keeps the milk. And the, the volunteer said these words. He said, I w-, he goes, I wouldn't drink that if I were you. That was the advice, because he could see the date on the carton of milk. And for anyone here today, if you believe that you're saved by doing good works, if you believe that you're saved by doing good deeds, if you believe you're saved by being a nice person, if you believe that all faiths lead to heaven, I would humbly suggest to you, I wouldn't drink that if I were you. The Bible, the text, is going to explain all this to you today. If you listen, if you pay attention, I want to speak to you on one amazing story. And there's three parts. How many parts? three. Now, the reason I tell you that is because after the first part, some of you are going to be upset. You don't, no one, you're not going to like part one, but just remember there's three parts to the story, okay? So don't leave after part one because you got to hear part two and part three. Is that a fair deal? So part one in your notes, write this down, uh, is what we call a grave story, G-R-A-V-E, a grave story. And the Bible says here, speaking in past tense, write these first two little subpoints that we were, that's past tense, we were dead, D-E-A-D, and we were disobedient. Again, past tense. Now, this is according to the Bible. This is Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 1 in your text. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your your sins now verse 2 says again speaking past tense in which you used to live all right this is your old life when you according to the bible you followed the ways of this world and you were following the ruler of the kingdom of the air that's satan the spirit which is now at work in those who are disobedient, circle that in your Bible, spiritually speaking, man is not just sick, man is not just weak. The Bible says that man is dead. Sin and disobedience renders us spiritually dead. If you remember the story of Adam and Eve, the first two people on this planet, they were placed in the Garden of Eden. It was a place of paradise, and everything was good. There was no sin. There was no death. 
And God said to Adam and Eve, you can do whatever you want except stay away from one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat of that tree, the Bible, this is all the way back in Genesis, it says you will surely die if you eat of that fruit. And what did they do? They ate the fruit. They sinned. God kicked them out of the garden. And they became spiritually dead. And physically The process of aging and decaying began. Up to that point, a man was going to live forever. But after they sinned, that process of aging and decaying began until eventually, literally, they did die. Sin kills you spiritually, and sin will eventually kill you physically. You pick any sin. I don't care what the sin is. You just pick any sin. I can show you how that sin hardens your heart, uh, takes you further away from God, leads you away from God spiritually, but physically that sin, I don't care what the sin is, I could show, if we had enough time I could sit down, I could show you how that sin, if carried out long enough in your life, will eventually even lead to your physical death here on this earth. Not just spiritually, but physical We're not only dead, we're not only disobedient, we're also doomed. But it's all because of sin. Verse 3 says, we've already looked at the first two verses, verse 3 says all. Everybody say the word all. All All means all. Now look at verse 3. All of us uh, also lived, this is past story, this was our grave story, among them at one time, and we were gratifying the cravings of our sinful what? That's the flesh. So get this. We're living for the world. We're living for the devil. And we're living to gratify uh, our sinful nature and following in its evil desires and thoughts. Just like the rest, we, this is all past tense, we too were by nature, our sin nature, we were objects of God's wrath. Now, I know for most of us this is past tense, but did you know that some of us this very moment while they're sitting, there are people sitting here right now, they're living for this world, they're living for the devil, and they're satisfying the longings of the flesh. And you think, you think you're living? You need to know that you're actually dying this very moment. Warren Wearsby wrote that all lost sinners are dead. The only difference between one sinner and another sinner is the state of decay. Some of us are a little further along in that decay process, amen. But we're all just one walking graveyard. You're walking in a state of decay this very moment towards your grave. You can go to any funeral home. I've been to many. I've seen thousands of dead people. And I've noticed a few things about dead people. Number one, they can't hear. Uh, you go, you go and see someone who's dead, and uh, you can you can encourage them. Hey, you're not that bad. Why don't you get up? Come on, get up. I'll, I'll give you a million dollars. I got a million dollars right now if you'll just wake up and shake my hand. Open your eyes. Just open up. Once they're dead, they're, they can't hear. They can't even hear you. Oh, you can also talk bad about them. Can't hear that either. Hey, I never did like you anyway. I'm kind of glad you're in there. You kind of got what was coming towards you, blah, 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 blah. They can't hear you because dead people can't hear, all right? 
And it's the same thing about someone who's spiritually dead. That's why spiritually dead people, now they're living in this world, but they, when the gospel is preached, they don't understand it. They can't can't even hear it. They can't even understand it. Why? Because spiritually they're dead. And Paul says, that's what some of you used to be. You had a grave story. But then we come to point two. This is the good part. The good part is you used to have a grave story. Now you have a grace story. You have a a grace story. See, verse 1, 2, and 3, this is what you were. You were dead, you were disobedient, and you were doomed. All because of sin. But, verse 4, because of his great what? Oh, you got to know God loves you. He loves every one of you. Even, even when you were dead in your sin, when you were living a life of disobedience and you were doomed because of that sin, there was one person who still loved you. It was God. And God loves us and it says that God who is rich in what? In mercy. I told you, when we started this series, I think the very first week, I said, Bill Gates, richest man, he's worth $96 billion. One week later, he was worth $86 billion. One week later, he was worth $90 billion. He made $4 billion in one week. And I told you that all those riches are pennies compared to what God has done for you. God's glorious grace. Now, here's what he did. Now, here's, here, now look what happened. We were dead. That's, that's, that's the grave story. Here's the grave story. Look at verse 5. God, uh, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive with, this is important, with who? With Christ, even when we were dead, disobedient, and doomed, even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. You say, wait a minute. You're saying, how, how, do, how in the world did, a, did God save me? It was all because of his grace. And it says in verse 6, and God, now watch this, he raised us up. Who did he raise up? Us. Those of us that were, had the grave story. He raised us up with with who? Now, I remember that story. I remember when God raised Jesus from the dead. That's, that's the story at the resurrection morning. We talk about that at Easter time. Yes, and he says, God also raised us up when he raised Christ up, and he also seated us with him in the heavenly realms. And here's that phrase, in Christ Jesus. So I want you to write this down. Write it down real quick in your notes. First of all, God loves you. That's what we read in verse 4 there. We, we were dead, we were disobedient, we were doomed. Yet God, God's amazing love, who's, who's rich in mercy, God loves you. He loves you. And so he, number two, he sent, he sent Jesus. That's what verse five is all about. God sent Jesus here to redeem you. He sent Jesus here to restore you, to forgive you. And we know, of course, that Jesus, when he came, he was rejected and he was put on a cross And there he dies because someone has to pay the penalty for sin. And Jesus said, hey, hey, you're supposed to die. You step aside. I'm going to die in your place. 
So we know that Jesus dies on the cross. They took Jesus off the cross and they buried him. And the third thing that he's saying here in verse 6, God raised Jesus from the dead. Glory, hallelujah. But then it says, and what you need to understand that this is saying, that not only did God raise Jesus from the dead, he raised us, those of us that are in Christ, that God also raised us. This is all, this is all the grace of God. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, he who has the Son, you have life. But he who does not have the Son of God, you do not have life. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 34, anyone who sins, why, you're a slave to that sin. An unsaved man is free to do whatever he wants, but he's under a strong compulsion to do the wrong things. He's walking according to the ways of this world. He's walking according to the ways of the flesh. He's walking in the ways according to Satan, and that's the way you and I used to live until we met Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ got a hold of us. We were dead. We were disobedient. We were doomed. We were living according to the ways of the world, but all of a sudden, Jesus graced us and got a hold of us. That's what happened. And what what Paul is saying, if you look at these verses, verses 4, 5, and 6, what he's really saying is there's no organization that can actually set you free. There's no 12-step program that can set you free. There is no therapy. There is no politician that can set you free. The only thing that can free you, the only thing that can help you have victory in this life is the Lord Jesus Christ, His love, His grace, His mercy, His shed blood. He loves you. He died on a cross for you, but God raised him from the dead, allowing you to be saved. This room right now, from wall to wall, is full of people who used to be dead, but they were made alive by the power and the truth and the grace of Jesus Christ. The thing that raises us from the grave is called grace. The thing that forgives us is called grace. The reason we have a second chance in this life is called grace. The reason we're made alive is called grace. It has to be grace because dead men can't do anything of themselves. While you can put a dead man on the front porch of Billy Graham, it won't do that dead man any good because the dead man is dead. And what a dead man needs is life. And Paul is telling us that God gave you a dead man life. It's called grace. You had a grave story, now you got a grace story. Christianity is not a sick man getting well. Christianity is a dead man getting life. And the only way you can get new life is by God raising Jesus from the dead And if you are in Christ, he will also raise you from your dead status as well. How many of you are still with me? You got a grave story? It turned into a grace story. And if you have a, this is like simple math. 
If you have a grave story that turned into a grace story, you know what that gives you? A glory story. Everybody say glory. glory. Say it again. Glory. Say it like you mean it. Glory. glory. See, because you had a grave story that was turned into a grace story, you can't help but shout glory. Verse 7 says, in order that in the coming ages that he might show. God's going to show. He's going to put you on display. The incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And then he says in verse 8, for it is, you need to understand this, for it is by God's grace that you have been saved through what? Through faith. And it says, but this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now watch this. I've, I've used this illustration before. God gives you grace, but all the grace in the world doesn't save a man because there's a lot of people that have never been saved. A lot of people. But he says you're saved by God's grace through faith. And you can put your faith in a pole, but it's not going to save you. You can put your faith and the environment. You can put your faith in a false religion. Not going to save you. You're not going to get saved until you put your faith in God's grace. But when God's grace, when it hits your faith at that moment, at the moment you put your faith in Jesus, in God's grace, which is when you put your faith in His grace at that moment, that's salvation. When grace and faith and salvation, that's when you say glory. Let me hear you say glory. glory. Now watch, when this hand hits this hand, glory. you say glory. Why? Well, because there's someone who's lost. He was dead. He was disobedient. He was living according to the ways of the world. He's satisfying the flesh. He was uh, following the prince of this air. And all of a sudden, he put his faith in God's grace. And at that moment, he was saved. That person becomes a trophy of God's grace. That's why verse 9 says, not by work so that no one can boast. We are all trophies of God's grace. You become another story, another testimony, another example, another witness uh, of God's amazing grace. How many of you would give testimony that God has been working in your life? Because you, listen... You know, God created that star and threw it up there. I don't think he needs to worry too much about that star anymore. But you, he works on you all the time. And you're, you're like his handiwork. And what does that verse 10 say? It says that we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now hear this or you've missed everything. You are not saved by doing good works, but you're saved to do good works. There's the difference between all the world religions and Christianity. World religions believe that you're saved if you do enough good deeds, enough good work. But the Bible teaches, this chapter teaches, you're not saved by your deeds, you're saved by God's grace. But you are saved to do 
good works that God had prepared in advance. God's got something for you to do. He's got to fix you up, the handiwork. He's got to get you all fixed up yourself so he, you, he can send you on this mission possible, I call it. God not only wants to save you, but he wants to send you on a mission. And one day, he's actually going to use you as a trophy of his grace to point that someone else's life who needs that same grace that you have, the same forgiveness that you have, the same mercy that you've received, the same love that you've received. That's how this whole thing works. Amen. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.